Welcome to the Less Stress Family Podcast, where we believe you are fallible and what you do matters. This is episode 131. I am Justin. And I'm Shauna Wood. How are you, honey? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. It is coming a torrential day on poor rain outside. Yes. And yes. I'm ready to crawl in bed, take a nap. <laughs> I know. There's something about hearing rain that just makes really good sleep weather. Yeah, for sure. So today we're going to be talking about, we have been reading through the Sermon on the Mount as our family devotionals. And so we're just going to talk about how we structure our devotionals so that we don't kill our children while we're trying to feel holy. And we try to basically talk about how we have devotionals when you feel about as holy as, I don't know, the mud in the garden. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, let's talk about that. Does that sound good? It does sound good. And I think the reason that we wanted to discuss this is because as we have conversations with people, a lot of people want to do family devotion time, but they grew up in families that did not do that. And it's really intimidating to have in your mind that you want to do something, but you've never seen it modeled and you really don't know how to do it. And it feels so far away um, that we felt like if we could just talk and present a really simple example uh, that you would know that it's not reserved for like holy superheroes. <laughs> so yeah, the first, I'd say the first point and the first um, aspect of having a devotional, every, trying to have one every day, is that you're not going to feel holy, you're not going to feel kumbaya, you're not going to feel inspired, pretty much every day, I would say. And I think, you know, there's just a learning curve. Like there's a learning curve for the parents. There's a learning curve for the kids. And so you just have to decide today's going to be the day that we start and you just show up. It's like when you decide you're going to start running, you just at some point have to decide today's the day that I'm going to get out there and do a little jog. Yeah. And you know, when you go out and do a little jog, it's going to feel terrible. (laughs) Right. <laughs> right. And it feels weird. Like what we talked about, the awkwardness in a previous episode, you know, anything that you start it in the beginning, it just feels awkward. Right. So with that being said, though, we have noticed a huge shift in our home when we start to try to do daily devotionals. And I think my theory is a couple of things. One is we're just our heart in doing devotionals at home is just to allow the Holy Spirit to work because I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. Like, we can come up with all the good, yucky Sunday school answers <laughs> that drive us all crazy, or drive me crazy at least. Do they drive you crazy? Yes. Okay. So, we can come up with all the good church answers, but it's really the Holy Spirit that has to do the work in our hearts and my hearts. Because my kids know we'll have this devotional in five minutes, but I might be a jerk like 10 minutes later, <laughs> right? So that's when the Holy Spirit starts speaking, you know, does the work in my heart. And I also know the Holy Spirit starts doing the work in their heart. And so I think first is just having devotionals has made me realize I am just totally dependent on the Holy Spirit to do this. Like the Lord has to do this because I'm a jerk and I am not doing a very good job of this. But I think it's it's been a process of keep trying, you know, just keep Falling down, getting back up, just keep trying. The second thing, I feel like it's really, when I'm transparent with my kids, like, that's like giving them, like, super, super power energy in the best way possible. I feel like when they can see my heart, 
that I'm struggling with this, or I just talk about this, or I have a hard time with this, or I don't understand why God does this, or why things are like that, or whatever. Whatever I share, it just opens up our kids' hearts and minds like in a crazy way. Can you talk about that? Because I'm going to drink real quick. (laughs) Well, I think the thing that's really helpful about that is that a lot of times what we've seen in America are just pat answers that are given from the pulpit or in the church or whatever. And then as children grow up and they become teenagers and college students and young adults, and we see this huge move of them leaving the church, I think it's because they're asking those really difficult questions, but because no one has engaged with them on those conversation points, they they think, oh, well, I'm asking these hard questions that the other people aren't, so there must be something wrong with me, and the church isn't a good fit, and then they leave. But when we start just being transparent when they're young and say, man, there's all these really complicated things. Like, what do you think about this? And then when they have their own really difficult questions, they know that that's normal. It's not something unusual. Right. And I would say not just spiritual life, but we see in our world today, people just are losing the skill of having a conversation about, well, what do you feel about this? What do you think about this? It's just... I don't know. Anyway, we won't go down that road. But, okay, so we've been reading through Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount that we've been working through, beginning of Matthew. It's chapters 5, 6, and 7. And I'm going to just read through a passage, and I'm going to read it twice. This is what I've started to do. I read it twice. The first time, I just read it through. The second time, I will pause and leave some blanks, and the kids will answer. And it's been really cool because they stay so much more engaged. So this is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So, my beautiful wife decided we should bring the kids in here. (laughs) So, now we have the kids in the podcast, the Sacred and Holy Podcasting Space, right? Okay, so here's how I will do the devotion. I will just read through, and you all know, and I'll give a blank, and then you can tell me, if you know what goes in the blank. And if you don't know, we'll laugh at you, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't. We don't We do not do that because sometimes we just like half asleep. But here we go. So verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mind and... Does of them. Does them, right. I will liken, liken him to a wise man who built his... House on the rock. Yeah, that's good. House on the rock, okay. And the rain, what? What does the rain do? Uh, it blows. Mm-hmm. Good, the rain, good. The rain descends, it comes down. And I lost my place here. And the winds blew, good, and beat on that house. And it did not... Oh. <laughs> fall, <laughs> right? Okay, it did not fall. Um, for it was founded on the... Rock, yes. 
But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, do them good, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Yeah, house on the sand. Good. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Okay? So after we do that, that's real simple. I just read it twice. They help me. That way they, they, pay, a lot, they pay attention a lot better. And mommy even pays attention, right? Which we have to do that because I call on mommy sometimes. Um, so we do that. And then sometimes we ask, what do you like? What do you not like about this? Okay? Does anybody have a, anybody have a story or you know, thoughts, I mean, about what do you like about this part of what we just read? Anybody going to raise their hand? What do you like? Nah. What do you not like about it? I don't like that the storms come on the wise and the unwise. Yeah, we've talked about we talked about this a lot. Uh, we I don't like it that storm. I mean, I guess it's just a fact. Storms are coming. It doesn't matter uh, what you do right or wrong. The storms are going to come in your life. But it does matter what you're built on, right? And when Jesus says these hears these sayings of mine. What sayings was he talking about? His words of his. Which were? Which are what? Um, the Sermon on the Mountain. Yeah, so the Sermon on the Mountain, okay? And then we ask, so we ask, what do you like? What do you not like? Which sometimes it's usually about like this. It's not just the microphone that's scaring people, but sometimes people don't have any thoughts. Like, mm, I don't, you know, we don't, we don't make it long. That's my point. And then it's like, what do you learn about God? What do you learn about people? Well, I learned about God is that um, if you don't do it, then, like, he's not going to, like, reward you if, like, you don't do it. He's just going to leave you there because he already told you to do it. But if you don't, then that's your fault, not his. Right. Okay. Very good. What else? (laughs) Yeah. So we talked about, too, that hearing it is not enough, right? Because that's the problem. We all hear, especially at churches, we all hear about what Jesus says, but it's about hearing it and doing it, right? Anybody else have anything? So what you learn about God? What you learn about people? We have a choice, right? We always have a choice, kind of what Prez was saying. Okay, storms are coming. Is that it? Okay, that's it. That's usually about how quick our devotionals are, aren't they? About whatever this time. Okay. Okay, so now the kids have left the room now, <laughs> and we're back to just us, honey. Okay, so that's it. That's it. We keep it real simple. Um, it's usually short and sweet. Uh, we do a prayer. It's usually very quick. I ask the kids to pray, and it's like, Lord, thank you for this day. Amen. <laughs> like, that's how it is. And that's our devotional. And it's, But it's been really good. And as you were saying, as the kids left, a lot of times we will read this passage, sometimes two or three times. And you want to just say what you are just saying about prayers? Well, so we'll reread a passage two or three days in a row and by then you know the kids are more likely to remember what the different answers are but also it allows them more space and time to digest what we've been talking about so even like with what Perez was saying earlier about God gives you the choice and then you can choose to do it or not do it but he's not going to force you um, you know that's when we end up having really good discussions and it's generally not 
the very first time that we read something. It's generally like we'll read it in the morning and then maybe at supper time, somebody will say, hey, I was thinking about that. What do you think about X, Y, Z? Or the second day that we discuss it, hey, I was thinking about that because we all need time to process. And I think particularly our kids, before they're ready to ask anything more in depth, they just need some digestion period. Right, and and we've also found that asking questions is the best is the best way to have a devotional. Like when our kids even ask us a straight question about something, I like to get back to another question because I mean that's what Jesus did, right? They ask him a question, and he would ask him another question right back because it just helps shift you. It helps shift you. It's not that we like well, one we tell our kids like we don't know all the answers here on the Bible, like. We don't want them to feel like we have all the answers, so just come to us for all the answers. Like, we want them to know, listen, the Holy Spirit has to guide you. Like, we don't have all the answers. You have to seek the Lord and find the answers. So, um, anything else you want to say about that? So, that's it. That's pretty short and simple. What have you learned from the Sermon on the Mount? I'll tell you a couple of things I have learned that really stood out to me. One is a passage when, well, first off, I have been reading through the Passion Translation, I love this. It's a translation based on the Aramaic, which is what Jesus spoke. That was his native tongue, not Greek or Hebrew. He probably knew Greek and Hebrew and some Latin. But it's the Gospels especially, um, looking at what was said in Aramaic, has been very helpful. Do you like that or no? I do, and I think that's an important note. In America, if you're a native English speaker, There are so many translations of the Bible that are available to you. And so I would encourage you, and you can do this really easily online. You can see tons of different translations of a single passage if you just search for, do a Google search of it. Um, But it's really interesting to read a couple different translations and then have a conversation. Like we were just talking the other day about the centurion who came to Jesus because his servant needed to be healed. But in another translation, it says his son needed to be healed. So we even had a conversation about how people that you work with can become like family and that kind of thing. There's all kinds of really awesome conversation points that come up. Um, But don't feel trapped just in one translation, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So a couple of things that I really loved as we went through. One was a section when Jesus talks about anger in Matthew chapter 5. And the part it says, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And we had a long talk several days about how God doesn't want us to play church. And if we do have heart issues, it's really important to deal with the anger in the issues we have with other people before we start playing church, you know? <laughs> and we talked about, and I wrote in my book, uh, the journal, um, the 40-day devotional book that I wrote, it's like, what if what if before you went to church, at the instead of getting like your temperature checked and a, wear a mask with COVID, what if you had to go into the church and basically like your wife was interviewed quickly, Hey, is your husband a jerk this week? <laughs> was your was your husband loving and kind this week? Did he say nice things or was he a jerk? And you're like, no, he was a jerk. You're like, well, he can't come in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, God doesn't want us to be playing church. Like, we, we sometimes just get in a really bad habit. So that was a passage that stood out to me. Anything you want to say about that? 
Okay, the other passage is, I don't know where it was, Ask, Seek, and Knock. And we've done a devotional about that. But we had some great discussions about with our kids about the process of asking and seeking and knocking. And we used a story of our friends John and Mandy. John, Our friend John had been wanting a farm since he was five years old. And so now he's 35 years old. And they're just, they're going to sign for the farm like in a few weeks. They've been saving. They've been doing all these things. Well, we talked about with the kids about sometimes that journey of asking, seeking, and knocking is not fun, but it's very active and very long. So what are you going to say about that? Yeah, I was just going to say, we talked to them about, you know, that sometimes asking, seeking, knocking doesn't mean you're going to get what you want next week. It could last three decades. It could be a very long thing. Um, but I think it's helped them have a better appreciation for that. Yeah, because we ask our, uh, there's a couple of things our kids have wanted to do or wanted to um, pursue. And they basically have said, hey, <laughs> I'm going to look at this. I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, no, I'm going to ask, seek, and knock. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, okay. They're, they get it and they're, they're legit serious about it. <laughs> Yes, that's been very good. So I think the big thing here and the the point of this whole episode is just to show you that this can be very simple. You don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to be a spiritual superhero to have family devotion and have it be really meaningful and fruitful for your whole family. You know, just keep it simple. Um, you know, just reading a passage read it multiple times, you know, skip words and ask the kids to fill in the blanks. Ask really simple questions. What did you like? What did you not like? What did you learn about God? What did you learn about people? Um, and then just close with a little prayer. And And we have seen, like on Fridays, we have five minutes between the time Justin gets done teaching in the morning and the time I have to pull out of the driveway with the kids to make it to co-op. But we found if we'll squeeze a two-minute devotion time in there, the flow of the whole day goes better. So it doesn't have to take up huge amounts of your day. It's just having that intention of saying this is going to be a priority for our family. Yeah, and I think too, just again to reiterate, just you have to get over the idea. I have I have had to get over the idea of feeling holy or spiritual to do a devotion. So now it's just become part of our routine more and more. I think another thing is not having all the answers is perfectly okay. Like just not even trying to say, I don't know about that, bud. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. We need to look into that and study. Like don't feel like when your kid asks a question, oh my gosh. And don't give them just a Sunday school answer. <laughs> like don't just give them the religious talk about something about and talk around something and spend forever. Just be like, I, I'm not sure. Or what do you think it means? Or ask them another question. <laughs> <laughs> but you want them to to seek and search, I think. Is that clear? <laughs> You're looking at me funny. <laughs> very good, very good. You can connect with us um, on our Facebook page, which is if you just search for The Less Stress Family, on our website, which is lsfpodcast.com, and on Shauna's Instagram account, Shauna Cherie Wood. Justin has written a really incredible 40-day devotional 
Um, so I'm going to post that on the Facebook page if that's anything that you would be interested in. It's I don't know that you could do it with your kids. It's definitely uh, geared originally for adults, but it has some great questions that you could carry on and do with your family if you were so inclined. So you can check that out on our Facebook page. Most of all, we want you to remember that you are valuable and what you do matters. Have a blessed day. Thank you.